Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Just wanted to give a little plug before we begin the show proper. If you are a listener of ours from New York City, listen up for the first ever film stage meetup at the Cinephile Lunch Party. Join the film stage to celebrate the release of Cinephile, a card game, at the Alamo Drafthouse Brooklyn on August 13th at 7 p.m. Cinephile is the ultimate game for film nerds, movie geeks, and cinephiles. One deck, 150 cards, multiple ways to play. After a successful Kickstarter campaign in 2018, Cinephile will be released by Clarkson Potter, the division of Penguin Random House, on August 27th. Cinephile Game Night is a bar trivia adaptation of the game with a chance to win t-shirts, tote bags, limited edition prints, and Alamo Drafthouse gift cards. So once again, that's August 13th at 7pm at Alamo Drafthouse, Brooklyn. Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for thefilmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan. With me today, we have Michael Snydell. Hello. Are we still going to argue about coconut rhyming with coconut? Is that why you picked this? No, island. island <laughs> it was rhyming. island oh, being island. rhymed with island like everyone. six times. <laughs> no, that is not why I chose this. Um, we also have Bill Graham. Thank you for playing this song. You're quite welcome. And a special guest with us here today to help us talk about Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. It's Clint Worthington. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for... Uh, I, I, just, I I usually live my life a quarter mile at a time, but I slowed down just enough to, to, to stop by and talk with you guys. <laughs> we are all You've currently... You've got nothing but green lights here. <laughs> yeah. Got we my Corona in hand, each cr- in which a... I actually made a point you to, not to be buy driving and while... during the screening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I was going to say we're all currently just like having a giant conference call as we whip our cars around our respective cities. Yeah. I don't even know. Michael, do you own a car? I, I don't. Oh, see? <laughs> City living. <laughs> I don't miss it. I really don't. People the drive like assholes here. The Fast and the Furious Divi Drift. <laughs> so we're we're playing Fast and Furious, uh, Bill and Clint and I, and Michael is is his own version of Stuber. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. Good times. Good times. Uh so yeah. Does anybody you... remember Stuber at this point? <laughs> you reviewed it, right? <laughs> I yeah. did. Did For anybody me. else see it though? I don't know. <laughs> I'm waiting for the other sequels where it's like store dash. <laughs> Store dash. Uh, no, the sequel will be Stuber Eats. You know that, right? Oh yeah, it's got to be. No. Stuber is currently number twelve at the box office. With it is grossed money? a half million dollars this weekend, but its total gross is twenty-one million. Okay, that's still pretty low. It's not great. No, <laughs> not great, Bob. No estimated production budget. I have to imagine it's it more shows. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> we are here to talk about the other movie involving two uh, mismatched people driving real fast and trying to take down criminals. It is Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw, 
starring a Dwayne. A plus segue. <laughs> Thank you. I've, I've gotten pretty decent at segues. <laughs> this stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, Jason Statham, and uh, Idris Elba, as well as uh, Vanessa Kirby. Uh, before we get into that, the usual stuff. Find us on Twitter at Film Stage Show. Facebook, look for The Film Stage Show. Give us a comment and a rating on iTunes. Email us, podcast filmstageshow.com. And, of course, you can become a patron of this podcast by going to patreon.com slash thefilmstageshow. There, you get access to our super cool Slack channel where you can talk directly to us. You get first crack at all of our raffles. And uh, you get a general sense of accomplishment for helping us to produce this podcast. What else? Of course, we are brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema, where every day their gregarious curators introduce a brand new film for you to enjoy. You have 30 days to watch each film, so that means there's a constantly rotating selection of 30 films to check out. Michael? Yeah? Did you actually watch The Love Diaz? No, it's it's. I still have 25 days to watch it. So I'm just going to watch one minute every – wait, that won't help me <laughs> at all. That's not going to work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one minute every hour? <laughs> I, it's it's only four hours. It's That's 234 minutes. Only. So if you were to watch, I don't know, 10 minutes a day? Sure. Let's say that. Yeah. Yeah, here's the thing with extra long movies. It's funny like, in our streaming age now that we're much more comfortable watching hours and hours and hours of a TV show. But then when it comes to a movie that's more than two hours, we're like, mm, I don't know if I have the time. Look, I can watch eight episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> yeah. I can get up. I can fold some laundry. It's not – it's like turning the radio on. <laughs> Basically. I don't know that I can treat a Lav Diaz film the same way that I treat a half season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Perhaps. There might be, each take might be longer than a single episode. So. That is also true. Um, and in those days, you can watch Spread instead. <laughs> yes. If you're having a day like that, you can go watch Spread. Um, but if you do want to watch Lav Diaz, it's Season of the Devil that is now per- currently playing on Mubi exclusively. They've also got Eve's Bayou from Cassie Lemons. I've heard great things about that one. And yeah. she's got a new, she's uh, doing the, uh, like the Harriet Tubman Harriet. action movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That movie <laughs> yes. looks fucking awesome. <laughs> and, uh, I've all heard looks... Janelle Monet teaching Harriet Tubman how to fight. So I am <laughs> here for it. Already bought my ticket. <laughs> Just uh, looks great. Um, and of course it's Cynthia Revo. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we are all Revo heads here. Yeah. I want to yeah. see her run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's not going to have those gym shoes, though. You don't know that. <sighs> That'd be pretty weird. That's the only anachronistic detail. Just, just wearing some <laughs> Nikes. Maybe it's yeah. like an Alex Cox Walker kind of situation where it's <laughs> like at the end, a helicopter is going to come down. <laughs> <laughs> that would be oh, awesome. My. That would be awesome. Uh, Man. Um, anyway, uh, there's a bunch of great stuff on Mubi right now. If you would like a free 30-day trial, all you got to do is go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Again, that is mubi.com slash filmstage. And that is it for the preamble. Uh, so unless we have anything else to talk about before we get into it, we are now ready to talk about Fast Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. The newest film in the Fast and Furious cinematic universe? 
and the tenth, not ninth overall film. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Oh wow. But we still have like straight up nine to go, and probably ten. And I think they said they're gonna probably end with ten. Here's hoping. Sure. Yeah, but they've we're got Hobbs and Shaw now. Space. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you can Hobbs and Shaw all over the place. And as oh, yeah. we, I mean, this is Ew. not a spoiler. There's a lot of different Shaws and Hobbses that could be used. Yeah. There's, yeah. You could do a whole movie with just populated by the Shaw family. You could do just yeah. the moms. Oh, I loved the, 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 I want Helen Mirren and I want Hobbs and Shaw's moms to do a buddy movie right away. <laughs> yeah, that actually, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. I would watch that. Just what Helen Mirren has, you know, a machine gun and uh, whoever played Dwayne Johnson's mom just has a chocolate just like ready to throw. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so, yeah, we're here to talk about Hobbs and Shaw. We're going to get into it. Here is the trailer. Luke Hobbs and Deckard Shaw. We've got unfinished business. Shaw's sister took something from me. A virus wipe out half the population and I want it back. You want to tell me just what we're dealing with here? It's my sister. Family business. When it's the fate of the world, it becomes my business. This whole thing. Alright, so that's the trailer for Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Um, I'm just Was every one going. of those percussive things just them punching someone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The newest <laughs> hit in all of movie trailerdom. At least we've moved on from the bomb, right? Or at least largely. It's mostly moved on oh. from the bomb. Still getting those sad, slow covers of things. True. Yes. This starts Even with in one. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time in a bottle. Yeah. Ooh. Which is a sad song. Two hours, already. 15 minutes of time in a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> um, What else was I going to say? I'm trying to think of the other trailer things that have happened but i guess yeah the the bomb or the like siren going off like we saw in prometheus yeah and then um yeah we've got the percussive thing where it's like you know you got a drum beat but it's time to people hitting each other which just I like. like real life i dig yeah. it <laughs> yeah i like that bismarcky trailer i know you didn't play that one but that was the one i really liked I did not play that one, no. And I do not know what you're talking about. I saw a surprisingly small amount of trailers for this movie. Yeah, we got to talk about trailers, apparently. Let's do it. Did you see the Nolan film? I heard... No! I heard they were doing that. Okay. I was fucking furious. (laughs) Wait, what? The trailer, or the teaser, I guess, for the new Nolan film. Yeah. But I saw the trailer for the the kitchen for the 20th time. The kitchen? The kitchen. The gangster one with the with Peggy. Elizabeth Moth, Elizabeth Moss and uh, Tiffany Haddish. It's like yeah. a period thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I also it's got like a Donald Gleason and um, James Badge. Margo Dale. Martindale. Jam. Yeah. Okay. It's got a, I <laughs> went from the first time I saw that trailer. I hated it. Then I like paraboloed upwards to liking it. And now I'm going back <laughs> to hating it again. Just through sheer exposure. Yeah. But I guess it's coming out in November, so there's time for a swing to happen again. I oh, yeah. it's coming out next week. What? Yeah, it's coming out this month at some point. I've got somebody reviewing it for me over at the spool. Oh, the spool maybe I'm at. wrong then. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's coming out. <laughs> it's coming What's... out 9 August? It's coming yeah. out this week? <laughs> what was yeah, I thinking of? 9 August. <laughs> uh, so I've got to see that trailer like six more times to get excited for it again. 
Yeah. Fast and Furious presents The Kitchen. The Kitchen. <laughs> it's a prequel. It's also a comic book movie. It turns it's out that uh, wow, yeah. all right, that is weird. I saw that like DC, the the DC Vertigo logo showed up yeah, beforehand. Vertigo. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. It also <sighs> explains that I'm on IMDb and I'm on the kitchen site and the boys. There's like one of those banner ads for the boys because I guess they're oh, like yeah, comics, the right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got to crack a cold, crack open a cold one with the boys. <laughs> Does anyone watch that show? Is it good? I have, I've reviewed it. It's okay. It depends on your mileage of like, you know, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, preacher level. Like we're a comic book show, but we're edgy and like funny and gross. And like, um, weirdly enough, the boys are the worst part of it. Like when it actually settles down and does the mystery men, like how would you manage superheroes in a world where social media is a thing? Like where, where being a superhero has a brand, like that kind of stuff's interesting. But, uh, mm. yeah, everything else is kind of, it, it can, it view it, it veers toward the misanthropic in a way that I'm not super comfortable with. Interesting. Um, yeah, I uh, I don't know. It's got Carl Urban in it though, so he's really good in it. He's really and the main character is actually played by Dennis Quaid's son. What? Jack Quaid. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Uh, other other trailers that I saw that look good: black and blue. <laughs> is this the cop one? Yes. From the Russo brothers? No, that's 21 Bridges. <laughs> God damn it. All right, which one's black and blue? <laughs> wow, this is a rundown of trailers. <laughs> so right. black and blue is Naomi Harris as a cop who is betrayed by her cop brethren. She's got a body cam. The cops want to get it from her. She's trying to find help, but she's in a primarily, I think, African-American section of the city. So... They don't want to help her. The cops are trying to kill her. It's, I guess, supposed to be an action movie look at, like, race and policing. I'm not wild about the idea that a body cam is, like, fundamental to a plot. It's <laughs> super fundamental, apparently. There's, like, talk about, like, erasing it from the database or something. I don't know. But it's, I will uh, say Naomi Tyrese Harris. is apparently in that, which is probably why they threw it up before, uh, before this movie. Yeah. Oh. And then it's got Frank Grillo in it, too. Yeah, and Luke Cage. Oh. 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 Who is Luke? <laughs> Wait, Luke. Oh, oh. The okay. actor who plays Luke Cage, I assume. Mike Coulter. Mike yes. Coulter. No, it's not literally a Marvel Netflix thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, someone. Oh, but it is that? from. Uh, Ocho Cinco? Yeah, it's Ocho Cinco. <laughs> it is from the director of The Intruder, though, which actually makes me weirdly excited about oh, it. Oh, no. But he also did that sex. Traffic, traffic! Oh my god! The traffic, and he that. also did meet the blacks. Traffic with a K. Ooh, ooh, yeah. ooh that is a CV. <laughs> this guy knows subtlety. This guy knows subtlety and social issues. Let me tell you. I wanna. Ya. I want. So, like, there's three cop movies that keep popping up. It's Black and Blue. It's Twenty One Bridges, which is another one of those trailers that I'm paraboling over. And then there's um, Queen and Slim. Yeah, Queen Slim, Slim, Slim looks awesome. great. Yeah. That looks good. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. I I did hear, oh man, this this is not great, but I was in an audience where someone was like, "Oh, that just looks awful." <laughs> just For like, Queen and Slim? Yeah, but oh. that was right after Oh god, what was it? That there same was person saw 21 awful. Bridges and was like, "Yeah, no, it was something. I like wasn't a fan white. of the first twenty Bridges movies, to be honest. <laughs> I'm just How? saying it was something with all white people that they were like, "Oh, I want to see that." And then Queen and Slim, and they're like, "Oh, that looks awful." 
<laughs> so the optics were just yeah, lovely. not great. <laughs> Oof. Oh man. All right. So Hobbs and what Shaw. What are we doing? Yeah, we need yeah, to Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> Let's move on to things with greater social import, shall we? <laughs> Instead of examining the ways in which movies are adapting to try to make police either the heroes or the villains in a world where we don't feel we can trust them, let's talk about Hobbs and Shaw. I defy anyone about- to tell me the agency that Hobbs works for. <laughs> it's the DSS. Right. Duh. What does that stand for? Um, Dwayne's Secret Society. <laughs> Good enough. Good I just love when they say the words tech cult in this movie. This is, yes. Yeah. Okay, tech so someone cult. someone in our Slack channel said, Hobbs and Shaw, are are you even gonna have anything to say about that? There is so much to talk Volumes. about. Volumes. Just so much. I think this is the first movie where Dwayne the Rock Johnson leverages his stardom to really like address his background in a meaningful way. Yeah, mm-hmm. this kind of feels like, especially that last act in Samoa, this feels like him sort of giving back, for lack of a better term, in terms of yep. like, I want to celebrate, you know, I know I'm this huge action star, but this is where I come from. Yeah. This is the society I value. Like, this is, this is, this gives me the opportunity to show, like, that, that Samoan war chant and, like, have, have the language be shown and all these cultural touchstones. Like, that felt really cool. Like, I was sort of coasting for most of the movie. And then that last act, I was like, you know what? I like this. <laughs> Yeah, it goes places, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, before we do that, the usual, let's give our nutshell feelings before we moving into spoilers. So yeah, uh, what are our thoughts uh, generally on Hobbs and Shaw? Uh, Clint, you already said you were kind of coasting until that last act, but anything else uh, that you want to bring up up front? Uh, sure. Um, a bit of background. I'm actually a huge fan of this series. I, uh, I just, for some reason, that kind of vulgar auteurism kind of like big bold brassy like i came to it in the justin lynn era of like when it was at its height when it like sort of escaped its street racing roots to become oceans 11 and james bond with cars and um i don't know there's ever since then i've sort of had this sort of this affection towards it towards this kind of like brain dead bro philosophy kind of earnestness and hobbs and shaw kind of feels like it's trying to escape that in a little in a weird way like it at times it still feels like a fast and furious movie, but it's also like, what if we took some characters from that and plop them in a really generic buddy comedy thing? Um, but also, like I said, with, you know, the, the charisma sort of just, they sort of coast on that a lot. And I think to a certain extent that kind of works. It's for me, it's hard to go wrong with like just throwing up these action Titans on screen and just letting them do that. Although I'm sure we'll get into the behind the scenes weirdness of how they maintain their personas. We definitely will talk about that, but um, yeah, those little quirks like, you know, the last act in Samoa, that kind of stuff was really, really cool. I thought, and um, I don't know, I I'm a, I'm the kind of guy who celebrates mediocrity. And um, for that, in that respect, I feel like this movie really sang to me. All right. Bill Graham. Yeah, I've enjoyed most of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Um, famously, I guess, if you listen to the podcast for a while, um, I most recently, I guess we reviewed, what, number eight or something like that? And fate. I had to go. Yeah, the fate, eight of fate, the Furious. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've oh, done seven and eight. I haven't done seven, but yeah, you put you guys. But these movies have. have been coming out for a while. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. in a way, they've kind of turned into a multiracial 
superhero franchise in a way like that's kind of how they're how they are now they're they're kind of a mix of of james bond and superhero kind of just in the bombastic way that they're made now and they used to have kind of this heart and edge of just being like a street racing with kind of you know stealing vhs players as you do um (laughs) and so like that's how far back this series is i stopped watching after about the third one and i was like i'm i'm good with this series i'm done and then they kept (laughs) making them and at some point like people were like oh you should actually watch them they're good and i was like wait did you see number three like that's terrible and they were like oh yeah yeah no whoa 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 are you tokyo drift tokyo Drift is amazing what's drift People keep mentioning that I I'm a hard pass on Tokyo Drift just because I do not like uh what's his name Lucas Lucas Hedges is that his name I don't know. Ben <laughs> <laughs> um, is back behind the steering wheel. I was about to say the kid from Manchester by the I, Sea. I don't know his name. Um, Manchester anyways, on the streets. <laughs> I find his his accent really disturbing that he became an actor and didn't decide to limit his accent and learn a different one so that that always bugs me about his how, how his coastal accent. elite of you <laughs> well the guy from I'm dallas from, yeah i'm from <laughs> dallas so you know whatever but anyways um yeah. no i i've enjoyed it from five on i think five is really just kind of a standout hallmark uh turning point for this franchise and series and Ever since then, it's gotten a little bit more crazy and wild, and this one tries to up the ante, and I feel like this one specifically, when it does that, it loses kind of its gravity and its grounding. I feel like this film is at its best when it's full of banter, when it's full of fun, and when it's full of kind of hand-to-hand combat and things like that, which wouldn't be surprising if you know who David Leitch is, considering his background with the John Wick franchise and Atomic Blonde and everything else. Um, I do find it hilarious that they managed to inter- like interlace some of the characters from either Deadpool 2, for instance, or um, from Jumanji. Um and I find that kind of hilarious. I won't spoil who who popped up from those films, but you know, um, you don't have to think too hard <laughs> about that. Um, so yeah, I I enjoyed this. I just think when a motorcycle is able to uh, unravel itself and then and then put itself <laughs> back together at will, I think uh, that that whole technology is more interesting than all of this movie combined at points. And so I'm just like, wait, what? Can we talk about that motorcycle again? Like, how how does that work? Um, but yeah, I I enjoyed this. Look, Statham and and Dwayne Johnson are super fucking charismatic, and Vanessa Kirby is just you know she's a presence, and uh, I think she's gonna stick around. And obviously, Statham and and The Rock have staying power, and they're they're fun to be around. Uh, this movie's way too long though. That'll that'll be the last yeah. say. All right, Michael Snydell. This movie lost me less than 30 minutes in. I Ooh. kind of pretty much hated this movie. Um, you're out of yeah. the family. Yeah, you're out of the family. <laughs> we have to beat take you out. Coro- yeah, we're, we're no, going to take your uh, Coronas and you leave. No barbecue after church. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's, 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 let me be quick here. Uh, 
Yeah, this is this is a shit show. I I I, I thought Leech was a hack for a while. I thought Atomic Blonde was pretty more like Atomic Blonde. A Freudian slip. <laughs> Atomic Blonde I thought was pretty terrible. Gene uh, Shallot over Dead, here. Deadpool <laughs> was more um, was mildly more competent than the first one. Cool. Uh, I and I think this one looks terrible. I think the editing is. Uh, terrible. Nothing hits with any weight, even beyond like the PG thirteen problem uh, that follow, follows so many action movies. I thought The Rock had a really obnoxious frat boy energy that I didn't feel like he had in the past, or at least it was kind of uh, it was kind of um, siloed off <laughs> in some of these other ones. Although I really disliked Fate of the Furious. So I'm, this is a series like Clint. I have so much affection for even when it doesn't deserve it. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I thought the tech stuff in here was so fucking stupid uh, from the motorcycle to the way that people are constantly hacking. I thought that Vanessa Kirby stole this whole movie and yet this movie still wouldn't give her any fucking moment without qualifying it with some like damsel in distress bullshit. Um, I thought Jason Statham was, was fine. I thought Idris was incredibly bland. Um, the Samoa stuff is okay. But uh, but again, it's just like I I don't know. I was so bored with this movie for so long, and so this is probably my biggest disappointment of the year. Sorry to ruin Ooh. the good vibes, guys. Man, why do you hate American Samoa so much? <laughs> we no, have I, your beef with Pacific Islanders, Michael. I say my favorite thing about that scene, which my partner point out pointed out, is every single one of his brothers and cousins has something that says Samoa. <laughs> So there's like a Samoa rig- rugby. There's a Samoa hat. There's yeah. just like shirts that say like Samoa over and over. Like, hold on, where are we? I, I, yeah, exactly. It was one of those things where I'm like, guys, we get it. We're in Samoa. It was one of those things where I was like, does this denote them as kind of like the, the sort of people who in America have like American flags all over their shit? Yeah. <laughs> yep. It did feel like that. Yeah. Man, I was I was at a gas station recently and there was a distraught customer who was picking up a Mountain Dew and apparently that Mountain Dew had like a Texas symbol on it, like the the state of Texas, like uh design i guess and he was like i don't understand why this shitty state is so proud of itself and he was just like talking <laughs> to himself and just like ranting about this mountain dew that he was about to pick up and i just wanted to just turn at him and just be like Really? You're <laughs> like, in, he's in Texas. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what I had, are you doing here? As a guy who moved, as a coastal elite who moved briefly <laughs> to Texas and still has to go back there to see his immediate family, it is shocking to see how much Texas is into being Texas. Yeah. Like, no, we're into it. You like, like, you know, it's like <laughs> uh, it's one of the things I remember is like, you know, growing up, it's like Ford built Ford tough. Mm-hmm. Cool. Go to Texas, see the same ad, and they have changed the, the graphic and the voiceover to say Texas tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they, 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 they also say Ford is Texas the best in tough. Yeah. yeah Ford is the Ford. best in Texas. Yep. Yep. And I it's because there's there's gotta be a moment where someone says like a quarter of the US population lives in Texas. 
No, no, no. Not a quarter of the U.S. population. A quarter of the Ford. That's F-150 also true. Yeah. Owners and so it makes sense to spend. It makes sense to spend the extra money to get that Texas in there. Um, I have yeah. never felt nationalism for this country, so the whole idea of going to Texas is so baffling. The, the weird me. thing is, like, uh, Texas is such like a a center point now that I remember my dad. I think it was like ten years ago. He bought a a Toyota Tundra, and it was the Texas edition. So it had like the Texas logo on the side of it. And I I don't know why I keep calling it a logo. I don't know what else to call it. The state emblem? state <laughs> emblem the flag. But it's not even no it's not a flag it's just like the state is it the outline of the state of texas yeah. is it the yeah. confederate flag no it's not the confederate flag. <laughs> no texas <laughs> wasn't <laughs> texas doesn't have the confederate flag as part I of its know, deal i know I'm just well there are people up. in illinois who still go gaga for the confederate flag which baffles but me people in texas love the texas flag or they like the flag that has a picture of a cannon on it that says come and take it because alamo baby oh boy <laughs> Wait, is that, that's oh huh yeah yeah at the, come and at take the battle of the alamo it. they raised a flag with a cannon on it and it said come and take it is that where <laughs> the uh don't tread on me came from then oh my are you serious do they not teach american history in chicago <laughs> <laughs> that well, snake was, uh, is 13 segments signifying the 13 original colonies and that was used during the revolutionary war with britain with Brit- Thank you, Bill, because I forgot that Michael might not have known who the revolution was fought against. They did what to the tea in Boston? <laughs> Into the harbor, you say, but why? Oh, guys, no, we're talking about this, and I'm, I suddenly have a solution for the next Fast and Furious movie. It has to be a time travel movie, and they have to go back to the American oh, Revolution no. uh, and use their cars but to help win the war. How many? America. I can see. I can see Jason Statham trying to get gas for his McLaren in the fucking like 1800s. Well, that's the like, thing though is uh, he's full on British. So oh, would he be become a, a villain again? A situation where he has to like drag his like his his McLaren by by with horses. <laughs> Guys, uh, we need to contact somebody. Can we just go to space first? We don't need to time travel yet. Yeah, what, come, well, wait, what comes first? first? Space yeah. or time travel? I don't know. No, guys, I've already, I've already claimed it. We need the space Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. Put them in space suits. Hey, look, as long as the 10th one is called Fast 10 Your Seat Belts, um, I'm that happy. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. That's true. Yeah. Um, anyway, Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> So I um I enjoyed this movie not a lot but enough. I uh I had I had so many thoughts and now I'm just thinking about the fact that Michael <laughs> asked where the don't tread on me flag came from. Okay, all right. Uh, all right, all right. Uh, well, I will say this, like one thing that's sort of ruminating around in in my brain and obviously these movies are not deep movies. They are they are shallow. Um, but uh, I know, but here's the thing. It's but all the, about what, family, Clint. It, all, it is all about family. Thank you for that. Because I think Hobbs and Shaw is about family in a different way than the fast and furious movies is about family. Cause yeah, Dom Toretto's technology. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. No, it's that. yeah. what I, and Clint, let me know if this is what you're thinking. This is yeah. a movie about 
legitimate blood tie family. Yeah, it's about where, biological family. So like the Fast and Furious movies are about finding a family, creating a family, and sticking by that family. And this is a movie about healing the wounds that separate us from our own flesh and blood. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Right. right. <laughs> Uh, so the, the moments where they do attempt some kind of emotional or thematic pathos is where these two characters have to reconcile those things. Cause I mean, it, it works better for Hobbs than for Shaw, because obviously we still have to address the, we need to talk about Deckard Shaw, um, and like his weird face turn. Like we, I still don't buy it and I still don't get the timeline of like, was he evil ever or was he betrayed or was he misled or like how I can, where, I can answer that. He? I okay, read and have his Wikipedia up. Oh, thank God. Deckard Shaw's Wikipedia? Because yeah. yes. I came out of the movie and I was immediately like, I need to, someone's bound to have made like a fan wiki about this, right? And they have. Oh, good. Yes. Luke Luke Evans was part of this too. Wasn't that his brother? His brother, yeah. He's all scarred up, but he's better now. But also, I think somewhere in the movie, they say that his brother was killed. Right. Yeah. Was that he, another one or was that Owen? He says that to Idris, though. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> oh, wait, right, Brian, that's what, are your, what are your nutshell thoughts? I feel like we should do this Yeah, we, we lost sight of that oh, for a second. Oh, sorry, so, yeah. <laughs> so, so my nutshell thoughts. I thought this movie was f- okay to fine with glimpses of, like, cool stuff. Here's the issue I have. I think we talked about this... Michael, you and I, at least, when we talked about Atomic Blonde, we said, you know, you've got these two directors who made John Wick. There's Chad Stahelski and David Leach. And after Atomic Blonde, Goat. we both said, okay, so we know the one that's good at directing now. <laughs> like, they are, they've, they've been stunt coordinators and stuff. Like, very clearly, they both are, are good at that. But, like, now we know that Chad Stahelski is the the born director of the two. (laughs) And this movie proves that. This is also the strange movie where I kind of hated it every time I knew a scene was ramping up to an action scene. Because the interplay between Hobbs and Shaw and Hattie was, like, great. Like, I loved all the scenes of, like, all those people talking and doing crazy... Here's my here's my take on that is that I I also agree to a certain extent, but to a, after a while, remember how like the the seeds of this spinoff were born in the in the eighth Fast and Furious movie where they would just like have them sort of shit talk each other in kind of like a bad drag race read kind of way, mm-hmm. like um and it felt it felt like for me the movie stopped to do those scenes. And they sort of replaced like the character dynamics. Like they would just sort of shit talk each other like they were getting ready for WrestleMania. And like that's it that had diminishing returns for me. I um I, I kind of agree with that. I was still having fun with it. And um Yeah, really I like in the end, like I was just like, oh crap, we're going to another action scene. But like I I would much prefer more talk about like hattie and shaw's like childhood heists or you know dwayne johnson just doing his thing i i liked his quote-unquote frat boy energy i liked all the weird new people that we met like eddie marson (laughs) a russian professor best russian accent with a flamethrower yeah and then um we've got um madam m who is apparently an actress named uh, isa gonzalez who's not russian at all (laughs) yeah no 
No, she is not. And they do not attempt to make her Russian. And part of me was like, but there's bound to be a story there. Like, is she globetrotting or did she just put up in Russia? Like, are they setting up another spinoff with her in this spinoff? <laughs> you could spin off all of these people, though. Yeah. And I just like I remember talking about Vanessa Kirby from uh, Fallout uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. She's was really star. happy to see she's, her again here. She was awesome. Spray, yeah, yeah. I just like she's 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 so good at the physicality and the the kind of like swaggering nature of this movie, while always having like a flawless cat eye going on. <laughs> yeah, it's got a real smoky eye. Yeah, I was hypnotized by her eyes through this whole movie, and um. <laughs> It took me a second because when I when she first came on, I was like, oh, shit, is that Imogen Poots? And it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Just another curly haired blonde British woman. Uh, But this one, I think, could probably take Imogen Poots in a fight. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say going back to the whole David Leach thing and like sort of the unreality of some like the the sort of ineffectiveness of a lot of the action. Like I will say, I think part of that is a symptom of like post Justin Lin fast and furious movies like Justin Lin. I just can't say enough good things about how, how awesome his practical work was like, yes, mm-hmm. obviously so much of it is CG enhanced, but you saw like real cars smash into shit. Fast and furious six, a real tank is busting through some shit. And like, that was so cool. Like I feel like a lot of the goodwill for the fast movies is very similar in Venn diagram to like mission impossible fallout where there is an effort in an age of like weightless CGI plasticity to do gra- to do like, big crazy real life practical stunts that you can see and Hobbs and Shaw veers so much further in the other like the CG direction where like you know the so the parts that excited me the most were like at least like the Jason Statham tight quarters fighting stuff was kind of cool sure. um but it's also weird to see them sell Jason Statham as like the short lithe one uh when he's always such a big bruiser in all of his other movies <laughs> um but uh yeah like I yeah, I agree with the the whole premise of like the David Leach kind of thing where he's just at this point, he's just kind of like a bland CG heavy action director now. Yeah. And it's 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 really uh, it's really quite sad. Yeah. I, also, like also it's it's weird because like in in Atomic Blonde, like one action scene was pretty good. Like maybe one stairs, and a half. The stairwell. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, And everything else was pretty terrible. And in this movie, I don't know if it's he had to have known going in that they were making this PG-13. So it can't be one of those things where it's like, well, we had to cut for content like he he doesn't seem to be good at the action anymore. either. It's sure really quite bizarre. Uh, Are you talking about the leech? Yeah. So it seemed like he was in and I don't want to make excuses for production timelines or things like that, but. 8711 I think is is their their action brand um if I'm not mistaken Leech and uh and well, I can't remember his his uh friend's director's name Stahelski? Um, yeah, Stahelski. So that's their action yeah. action like brand. Um I guess it, it's their stunt stunt coordination company basically that they kind of mm-hmm. co-founded and are a part of and 
if you know anything about them, and Stahelski has talked about this a long time with with the John Wick franchise, and specifically with like John Wick Three and how they integrated like Halle Berry and some of these other people, they have a long, long pre production like lead in because they need their actors to buy into these action set pieces and things like that, and to, to do it they have to practice and practice and practice as choreography, right? And so from my understanding, and, you know, again, I don't want to make excuses for production timelines because that's that's a cheapskate, but ultimately, if you want really good in-camera action that isn't just a CGI mess, you have to have a big pre-production timeline and apparently he signed on to do this while he was in the middle of post uh post on deadpool 2 and so it was like oh shit okay cool i have 90 days to shoot this movie but i basically have zero days of pre-production so we're gonna have to roll right from deadpool 2 right into production on this film which basically means that more than likely Kirby and Johnson and Statham aren't even doing any of their action. It's all stunt doubles, which completely sucks considering if you look at some of like the special credits for uh, Atomic Blonde and stuff like that, like you will know that um, Keanu and uh, – what's her name? Uh, Why do I want to call her Cameron? It's not Cameron. I can't remember the actress's name in Atomic Blonde now. Um, Charlize Charlize Theron? Theron? Yeah, Charlize. Um, She and uh, Keanu... By the way, who's totally in this, right? Julian Hobbs and Shaw. I think Who? she's like supposed to be the voice. Oh, Charlize. okay. I think, I think I that's yeah. we'll have to save that gotcha. for spoilers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though Sorry. we don't um, know, so it's really not a spoiler. Yeah, yeah. Still. That's 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 maybe a hint. Oh no! But, yeah, uh, crafting. Yeah. But uh, so they were in production so, around the same time, and so like they competed, like just like being workhorses on set like during pre-production and so like that's that's kind of part of like all of this is unfortunately like and that's been my criticism of like johnson in general as a action superstar like going forward into some of these movies like i remember the second gi joe i was so disappointed that like it looks like he doesn't do any of his own stunts and i'm like you have a wrestling background like you should be able to jump right into this and i get it you're worth like 20 million dollars per movie or something like that now but so is tom cruise and so are some of these other people and they're doing their own stunts so i don't know i like you know, it sucks because there is a tactile quality that is missing from this film that definitely needs to be there. And maybe some of the pre-production was part of that reason, which just kind of sucks if you're going to get a director like David Leach to do this film. It's also right. not great when they refuse to lose to each other, which is know, what, which is what Clint that. was just going to – I know Clint mentioned that earlier. Um, yeah, there was a uh, Clint, Do you want to explain journal. this a little? Sure. Uh, there was a Wall Street Journal article um, basically talking about the process behind this and how a lot of these big action stars have sort of like, you know, things on their contracts or like a whole team around them to sort of like 
for lack of a better term, count punches or like protect their image as an unstoppable alpha male action dude where like they can't fully lose in an action scene. They have to appear as though they're giving as good as they get that kind of stuff. And both Statham and Johnson apparently have those teams around them. And I think uh, maybe diesel does as well. And it's such, it's such a really interesting look into the way these personas are crafted. And also I guess implicitly the very fragile egos of a lot of these dudes. Well, I mean, Jesus Christ, how more like uh, topical can it get than having Tarantino's film just come out, which is all about Leo's character going through that process of being the loser end. Right. Yeah. And, and being kind of the, the the blunt instrument that's basically everybody's just punching bag. And it's like, sure. oh, yeah, like he's he's the fall guy now. And it's like, yeah, but like, wasn't I awesome on that TV show? And it's like, yeah, nobody watched that. That's why I got canceled. <laughs> but I think yeah. the thing is that that uh, that um that layer kind of always exists, you, you know, even in even in things that we're saying that we like you know things like fallout and the admission impossible franchise or you know like you know short of you know dtv stuff and you know things like the raid and stuff that are so completely built from the ground up like that layer always exists so it feels weird for me to give that much leeway to someone like leech or to like you know give him credit just because he's on a shortened production schedule like it it just it feels unfair to other directors who, you know, didn't have that albatross and still, you know, didn't make me think constantly about like, I think what's weird is like, I, I think Clint, you just mentioned that there's a tank in like five or, or, or it's you know, six, they, yeah. it's in six in yeah. the, in the real, a real tank. And then there's also that incredibly stupid jump, but yeah. there's no, the real, don't there's call the that stupid. <laughs> okay, what oh, I'm saying you is, son of a bitch. <laughs> it's an incredibly unreal experience and that melds the unreal in real in ways that are a little more tangible to me. Like this like when we're talking about the fucking motorcycle in this and like the way that he's doing he goes from like sketching from like Mission Impossible 2 <laughs> to like the way that it goes under the truck. Like it, it doesn't even pretend to have that like foundation. And granted, this is an entire series that feels like it's, you know, pre-planned in the sandbox. But I mean, it's, it's this 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 franchise has gone from it's point break, but like they're stealing cars, I guess. Sure. To I think it what it was so like in five they were like hey we're gonna like steal this giant steal safe <laughs> yeah. and yeah. we're gonna use cars to do it that's fine it works it's a heist <laughs> whatever the sure. sixth movie I think is the one that ends with them pointing a gun at like the the grand general of NATO <laughs> before chasing a plane for like a half an hour while going 70 miles per hour as it's trying to take off which yeah. means that the runway is like 60 miles long yeah the sixth <laughs> the sixth one is where they turned it into a spy movie franchise and i yes. think that's the mode we've been stuck in for the last three movies they, and it, i took maybe like, diminishing returns it was like heists and you know crime and stuff and then it was like 
what if these guys are also sort of James Bond mixed with Mission Impossible? And now in this movie, we've got like, which we haven't really brought up yet, a techno death cult. Oh, man. Which the second that they so said dumb. that, I was like, okay, all right. I am, I am <laughs> sure, here for this. Sure. Please I feel give like they deliberately picked the dumbest fucking thing to do. Well, because that's the thing, like in a series like this, having Idris Elba play a character with like cybernetic enhancements that make sure he can never be punched as long as only one person is punching him. <laughs> like sort of no, no, like mentioning, like basically turning him into a superhero feels redundant because everyone in the fast and furious right, series, is sure. a superhero. they just have car based superpowers. And so the thing <laughs> that, the thing that's kind of given the movies, their juice previously has been a, a sort of tactility to the driving and everything that they're doing and, you know, some kind of affection for the characters. Sure. And affection and for the cars, too. Like, yeah. it's still... Like, the final act has kind of that with, like, yeah. the old customs and stuff. Exactly. Sure. But sure. it takes a while to get us back there. And so, yeah, there's, like, it's it's almost hard to know. Like, we keep joking about, like, space and time travel. <laughs> But I feel like legitimately all of those things could happen. Yeah. But do you think they'd be good? I don't know. They would happen, that... ergo they would be good. <laughs> the mere fact that it's happening is a virtue that we should treasure. I think you can't let Leech direct it. But, like, you know, Juan did really well. Lynn did really well. Yeah, it was F. Gary Gray that sort of uh, let yeah. us down. But But the action there was at least a little bit better than here. Yeah. Don't they steer a missile in that one? The rock a, a physically torpedo? grabs a torpedo yes. Yes. and <laughs> it steers it around ice to shoot it back at the submarine. And that I was think. Or, no, towards some enemy cars. Seven? That was eight. No, okay. that's eight. Yeah. It's yeah. the, the one where they brought in Scott Because you're like, fuck, Paul Walker died. We need at least one white guy in here. <laughs> Seven is the Burj Khalifa one. Yes. Yeah. That's the, I like that one. Mm-hmm. I looked yeah. it up. We actually did briefly talk about Fast and Furious 6 on this podcast way back in episode 57 mm-hmm. in May of 2013. Jesus Christ. Um, it was part of a, a show where we talked about The Hangover Part 3 for three minutes. <laughs> we talked about oh. Fast and Furious 6 for 12 minutes. And then we talked about Francis Ha. Uh, good the fast and the francis (laughs) the france and the furious um haas and shaw ha and shaw (laughs) i nailed it i got it shaw and ha greta gerwig and jason statham these guys are trying to new york city (laughs) these guys are trying to save the world and she's got to run to look for an atm machine Oh, it's too much hamming it up on this episode. No, it's perfect. It's on brand. Um, <sighs> I felt like I had another thing I was going to say, but I can't remember. And I think we might as well just get into spoilers. Well, no, I I guess I'm just curious, like in, in a final thought way, Brian. I mean, did the it seems like the lack of a of a real foundation for me was a sticking point that it wasn't for the rest of you. Yeah, I didn't or, give a shit. You didn't give a shit. Okay. Here's the thing. I I feel like I was here for the kind of anti-buddy chemistry of The Rock and Jason Statham. 
Vanessa Kirby was a pleasant surprise who was also in the movie a lot. From those people, I got pretty much everything that I needed to be able to get through this because like even like the Marvel movies that we're forced to watch don't even usually have like the fun and chemistry of those three people. Yeah, but you also have Harry Potter and Game of Thrones jokes and just like there's some least common denominator shit in here that even Marvel hasn't gone to that well yeah, the movie in a while. Yeah, the reaches to a halt when those cameos who will go unmentioned uh, happen. <laughs> like, it's one of those things where it's like David Leach directed Deadpool 2, and he really wants you to know it. Yeah. yeah. Which, again, that's a problem of David Leach. Leach. Yeah. David Lynch. David Lynch. <laughs> Fast, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. The thing is, most of these movies just need, like, a new soundtrack, and they could be probably a Lynchian film. Yes, Eraser Hobbs. <laughs> God damn it! Lost Shaway. Um, he brings in the uh, Richard Farnsworth's character from the Straight Story, puttering around, <laughs> just riding a lawnmower while everyone else is driving right behind him. Fischler shows up for like a scene where he's in a diner. Yeah, he's the okay, only spoiler. person. We need to get into spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> all right so twin peaks drift this is a it's a sad state of affairs when does the dog die.com the crowdsourced emotional spoilers for movies tvs books and more website does not have hobbs and shaw on it um but we're gonna we're gonna struggle through anyway i am going to just check out a couple of the usual questions and we're gonna answer them so of course the first one is does the dog die what dog? Exactly. There is yeah, no dog. Yeah, zero dogs, yeah. <laughs> well, it's because Hobbs and Shaw are themselves just like, Hobbs especially is just one giant big puppy dog. Oh, that's, I just remember something I dog. wanted to talk about. Um, yeah. It's it's that concept of, well, let's finish this game first. Does well, an animal he does die? Have a, does he, he does have a Frenchie that my girlfriend yeah. lovingly like, pointed to me. And then every time I looked up from uh, my meal, I kept missing. And she was just like, oh. And I was like, what? And she, and I would look back down and eat my food. And then she would pinch me again. And I would look back up and she'd go, uh. And I'd go, what, the what f- are you talking about? Can like, she speak? <laughs> I absolutely have been to, where she hit, where she is. Yeah. She doesn't want to like yell at me and go Frenchy, but like she's just going to go, mm, and, and like pinch me. And yeah. So this I is get, crazy. Someone on the Slack channel earlier this week we were talking about some of the biggest like blowups that we've had in podcast history. And someone brought up the time that like, I took you hard to task for eating while watching movies because you (laughs) miss shit. And so that's just good synchronicity for you to have this story ready for us to go. (laughs) I don't get to eat while you're watching the movie. I don't get it. I don't need to I, I look, look at down. my food while I'm eating it. I have, I can use my hands. I, I look Bill down clearly missed the Frenchie. I yeah. looked down for half a second. Like the Frenchie's not in there for that long. <laughs> Bill, what were you eating that you need to look down? Was I eating? I think it, oh, it was a uh, grilled six cheese sandwich with pepperoni and mushroom added to it. Why did you that have to sounds, look down to good. eat your sandwich? <laughs> Lift it uh, to your mouth, man. Uh, it's a little messy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a meatball sub where you've got to like hold it over your plate or else you yeah. risk your entire wardrobe. Yeah, it's 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 kind of oozing the whole time. Interesting. <laughs> this reminds me of one time. I, I'll say something embarrassing about food here. Yeah. Uh, I, 
I went to get a, a, a pas- pesto pasta from a place right near a theater I was going to for a screening. And uh, I stupidly put it in my bag without a bag. Oh. Let me tell you, my bag smelled like pesto <laughs> for <laughs> months. Did I ever in, it in some circles? Times. This this may be a winner or may it be a loser. <laughs> yeah. Depends on how much you love the smell of basil and pine nuts. Yeah. <laughs> not bad. Um, did I ever tell you guys the time that me and my friends got drunk down by the river and then went and got Chipotle, put it in our bags, and then like watched the Boondock Saints 2 in theaters? No, but no. that's the saddest story I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> we um we were we were sitting down by a river, sitting on the rocks in the river. We drank like five bottles of wine then we walked to the movie theater we were like oh we've got like 15 minutes before this movie starts we should get some chipotle my friend and my girlfriend at the time were so drunk that my friend just straight up passed out my girlfriend threw up between the seats onto the coat of the guy sitting next to her and all of the burritos exploded in the backpack so that the only way to eat them was to just like reach in and just hope that you were getting part of yours (laughs) i hate this story (laughs) it is this is the most troy duffy way to watch (laughs) one of the low points in my life if i'm being (laughs) really honest that's one of those moments where like you you leave the theater you you somehow get your almost like non-functioning girlfriend and best friend home to the apartment that's like four blocks away and then as you drink some more alcohol to stave off the eventual hangover you say to yourself am i doing this right living it to the to the 100 ryan yeah uh, so again, oh, I'm just going to say it is a miracle that I'm alive right now. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I, I think one of the main problems I have with this concept of like, <laughs> you know, Hobbs and Shaw can't get hit a certain amount of times. They can't be defeated. Is that the thing that like really hits you about movies like Die Hard is watching someone get the shit beaten out of them. And then still get up and do it again. Like that's that's the point of both Captain America and Spider Man. Let's let's be honest though. Like Hobbs and Shaw both get their ass kicked constantly by Brixton. I I will say, Bill, that that is technically true, but they maintain no damage. Sure. And yeah. So, because, yeah, they keep jumping uh, yeah, right back they, up. Yeah. They, because of course they're fucking superheroes, you know? Like right. he's he's cybernetically enhanced and they're Hobbs and Shaw. But you know, <laughs> they're Hobbs and Shaw. Yes. Hobbs Hobbs ampersand Shaw. He's just Brixton. <laughs> they are like yes. a writing duo that gets joint credit, Hobbs and Shaw. It's <laughs> a good time to mention that I had a drink called a Brixton with Hennessy that was specially made. <laughs> is that racist? For this? Was that of like the AMC theater? This is Icon, yeah. Oh, it was Icon, right? Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. it's not racist, you weirdo. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, I will say, the, talking about Idris Elba, though, like he kind of does a similar thing here that he did in Star Trek Beyond, which is actually a movie I kind of like. But he is very much that thankless villain with like the thinnest slather 
the layer of like here's a dark like backstory that sort of justifies what he does or whatever. Are but you saying that he's almost like Charlie Theron in the last Fastener franchise movie? <laughs> Except but I'm sorry, Phil. Are you forgetting Charlie Theron's white girl dreads? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was apparently no. Charlize's assistant's idea. What? Uh, on top of the be... Led Zeppelin shirt? Yeah. She had to be cool, man. That's the thing, though, is assistant. I think that those little, like, as much as that was a joke that I said, those touches give her more personality than Idris is allowed here. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. he, but he's got the teeth. Yeah, those, like, three little, little, uh, like, silver teeth three and, and the, the gimp suit. Three and a half, yeah. <laughs> that was the weirdest part. I'm like, why not just remove the broken one? <laughs> Well, my question is, so he's got these kind of cybernetic eyes, but he keeps insisting on putting on the helmet when he rides the motorcycle, which is uh, granted good safety. Yes, good safety. But he's putting it on almost as in like it enhances his driving capability. And we see his like, no, no, I think the heads up display, but but he's got he's got the eyes already. Maybe it, maybe it's even better. Bill, I <laughs> like, think I that the eyes are an Apple Watch and the helmet is like the iPhone. You know? I th- <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's one takes Air. so so one <laughs> yeah. So one takes pictures in like in like two gigabytes and one takes them in like uh, is, am I saying that right? No. Uh fourteen megapixels and one takes yeah, it in twenty eight. Yes. This right, is also I think- a character that tells the audience that he's the bad guy verbatim. Yes. In a line in the first scene of the movie. But what's so also, also weird that. is that he's like, I'm the good guy because I am doing this to save the world. Yeah, what he does say the bad guy. Yeah. So yeah. there is a techno death cult <laughs> that's like, we are going to help evolve people into better people through technology and murder. Through a disease that will thin out the weakest. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's basically like Street instant eugenics. So so basically okay. what they're saying is they're going to make your deductibles really low. Yeah. <laughs> Which le- legitimately, if that's all that he'd said, I would have said, oh, OK. Like, here's the thing, like for the, as much money as this techno death cult has, like they could they could just like privately fund Medicare for all probably worldwide. <laughs> but for they years, don't want but that, man, because some people don't deserve to live. There is a yeah. or they could outlaw via all of their outlets that they own, like fatty foods and maybe high sugar and stuff like that. And right. basically say it causes cancer on top of obesity. Introduce, and like, introduce yeah. a tobacco have, weevil, kill all the, the steers. They and control then, uh, all the fake news. Fake <laughs> news oh, they do control the fake news. So like, uh, but villains. So their whole thing is, you know, you could say like, oh, they could fund Medicare for all, but they don't want all these people alive. There is a there is a critic on Twitter who, when he is not fawning over uh, superhero movies, is like openly advocating for the genocide of like the middle of America. I know who you're talking about. And yeah, I, <laughs> I don't think I do, but I'm, I'm I'm sure if you told me, I would immediately clock. But yeah, I will tell you when we are done recording. Sounds not, not great, Bob. No, yeah, not cool. great, Bob. Um. <laughs> Basically, I imagine him watching this movie and just touching the screen out of how excited he is about this concept. You know, the villain has a point. Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> like, like oh, if only we could get rid of all like the 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 obsolete undesirables and just create a techno future where like the ruling elites, you know, are a cabal of intelligent geniuses who make all of our choices for us. <laughs> I love Ayn Rand. <laughs> yes, oh. but I will dress it up in like a crazy amount of liberalism. Um, yeah. So, anyway, still, how do they think that? At one point, they say the the big bad who is never revealed. I swear to God, I really thought they were going to reveal him right at the end. But whatever. Um, like just, him it, or it, her. Just yeah. it, it be an Alita style thing where it's like, oh, you hired one more actor. <laughs> You're like, oh, wow. It's uh, Spoilers, Norton. I, know I haven't watched Alita yet. <laughs> oh, I said it's one more actor. <laughs> so tell me now. <laughs> so, yeah, it's there's there's a lot that about this plot that makes no sense. And I, again, immediately, I think them at one point, like what? Well, here's, what a here's sales the thing. pitch, too. Like, like even Idris is like, no, nah, this is a bad idea. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He says and the, and the director is the director is yeah. like, oh, we have to pad this movie out 30 more minutes. Try it. Please. He um, Brixton says to Shaw, like, you saw the numbers they showed us like in by 2093, everyone's dead. And my brain just immediately flashed back to the time that I let someone try to sell me a timeshare to get some free shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just imagining like a bunch of awesome soldiers from across the world sitting in a room in like a Ramada Inn as one of the techno death cult people is just like, what if I told you that by 2093 everyone would be dead? Slide. Slide. <laughs> and I was like, what? So did you get like a prospectus? It's like if you join us and Please help us spin the herd. Donuts. Um, and stock options. <laughs> So th one of the other crazy things is that this movie, I when it began, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. It's um, it's like Mission Impossible 2 with Chimera. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mission but Impossible 2 I was thinking about. Even weirder than that, because the virus is held in these nano capsules. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. That like yeah. will eventually deteriorate, which I guess is how you can program them, is because they're just chilling in the capsule. Yeah, but yeah. like I, I don't know if anybody knows how the body works, but like generally when you put something inside your body, it gets shuttled around. So it's not gonna stay. Well that's where why they you, had like, to dialysize put... her for like yeah. thirty minutes hour. to get them out. Yeah. That was we never I was see like, how I was like, snowflake those, works. Those those would be like swimming all over her body at some point. What do we like, uh what do we take from the concept that it's called snowflake? <laughs> I don't know. Is this movie a right wing yeah, message? I don't want to know. Uh Leach no, definitely did not hide the fact that he was making this movie with the intention of saying what if someone that was on one side and someone that was on the other side could actually get together and solve the world's problems? Yeah. Right. Like uh -huh. he definitely was like, what if they could reach and like <laughs> join David reach? <laughs> yeah. Data reach. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, this, this was not a very but, subtle, but like, here's the thing about Hobbes. Democrat kind of thing. Yeah. Right. But here's the thing about Hobbes and Shaw, like one of the one of those slightly novel things about their dynamic is that they're not that it's a buddy movie, like most buddy cop action movies or whatever are people with like on two opposite sides of the spectrum. 
the the beef with Hobbs and Shaw is that they are two of the exact same person and they can't stand to be in the same room with each other because they're right. too similar. Um, and, so that's one of the weird issues with it. And I like that. And it's it's better in this because they each do have they are very, both very good at what they do. And so they can accurately describe themselves in glowing terms and be correct. And like this is done poorly in like the Avengers movies where you have Chris Hemsworth and Chris Pratt. And like Chris Pratt is just going through like this identity crisis because, oh, I'm not the coolest guy anymore. But both of these guys are legitimately awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, although uh, although w- w- Statham or uh, Shaw definitely says like Hobbs is all like brash and bravado and like, but they like get results, just blows damn it. <laughs> well, but hold on. But he says like you, you have no subtlety. And the entire time I'm watching Shaw throughout this entire movie, like he's just kicking the shit out of everybody and like breaking glass and like doing all this destructive shit. Well, like, yeah, the movie, that, that the movie opens with scene, a, a cross cut between two fight scenes that are quite similar. <laughs> yeah. And, and like when Shaw is in an apartment complex and like battling some people, like, everything like at some point he uses a toaster so i'm just like uh you're not subtle either like i don't understand what you like just because you dress up in a suit doesn't make you subtle like <laughs> right, he's yeah. driving around in a mclaren you asshole like, <laughs> his um he's a honda civic god damn his <laughs> one good point is that like you are the rock you are fucking huge we cannot take you anywhere Sure. Yeah. Um, I I still wanted to see an image of the Rock in that McLaren with two other people because I'm just saying I don't know how he fit in there. Right. They definitely shot inside of something that they were claiming was a McLaren, but I don't think it was. (laughs) Yeah. That thing would ground out at that point. Like I can't imagine that the body scraping along the streets of London. Yeah, no, that was not a special effect. No, Dwayne Johnson should have had to just like grab the roof of the McLaren <laughs> and light on that. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's let's do another does a dog die.com question. Are any okay. teeth damaged? Yeah. Gee. I mean, like I mean we Idris Elba's is before the movie. Yes. Starts. I was gonna say Lord's Lord's is definitely like damaged. By the yeah. way, I'm looking at at the I am or the Wikipedia, and his last name is Lore, so that's why I called him that. His name is Brixton uh, Lore. Yes, it's I don't a real know. airport thriller kind of name. <laughs> <laughs> but that should be the hero. It's another Brixton Lore mystery. Uh-huh. It's oh, a yeah. Brickstery. Oh shit! Oh, no, I'm just saying. To someone gets hit with a champagne bottle, yep. so they probably lost some teeth. And that's a good point. In the uh, in the process as well. Yeah. All right, here's another question: Are needles slash syringes used? Yes, definitely tattoo guns and yeah. other syringes as well. Yeah, she has yeah. to slap yeah. her hand down on the syringes to get uh, some shit shot into her, and then and then to get yeah. them out. Yeah, true. Although Does a car crash? If- <laughs> no, I've oh, seen one of these movies. <laughs> That's great. Okay, this is a good one because this one you could do some wordplay on, so I'm expecting a lot out of you, Clint. Does someone abuse alcohol? Uh, I mean, he does say that I'm what you would call a champagne problem. <laughs> does that whole thing, yeah. He abuses people with alcohol. It's very true. Yeah. Very true. Oh, man. Does someone uh, fall I, I to their death? See, hold on. Hold on. I did see a very, very large, generous 
heaping portion of I think it was whiskey or maybe yeah, it was, was whiskey. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. served someone that definitely asked for a small one and was definitely given the wrong size. <laughs> well, it's small for him. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, it's no. only it's only 10 cents more for the large. So, I mean, you don't <laughs> say no up. to that deal. That yeah. actually reminded me of a moment that, again, from my life and the drinking um, <laughs> where I went to I went to a party. It was supposed to just be a chill little party. And the girl there was like, oh, Brian, you came. That's so good. I know that you like whiskey. We only have like champagne and like some like wine coolers or something. But I know you like whiskey. So I bought you Irish whiskey. Would you like some? And I said, I have to drive. I will only have one glass. And she brought me a water glass <laughs> filled to the brim. <laughs> and I looked at her and said, Catherine? <laughs> You don't serve a lot of whiskey, do you? <laughs> it would have been great if it was an actual beer glass and she was like, here's a full pint. And you're like, no, oh, no, no, this is for the whole party. What are you talking about? No, it was it was like it was like a water glass that you would get at like a restaurant. It was uh-huh. crazy. Wow. Yep. Just put five straws in it. It's fine. <laughs> And um, let's see. Let's do one final one. Is someone tortured? Yes. That car battery scene. Yeah. Yeah. They Uh, do more than five. audience. I think they they, I think they only get to four. No, they definitely do five. Like they they definitely just get to five. And it bothered me that like and maybe this is part of the whole persona maintenance thing. None of them actually like seem like they're actually getting worn out at least by it. (laughs) There's no point at which like they their heart stops or something and they have to like re- revive them. They're just fine. Sure. They just like grit their teeth for a few seconds. Right. It's annoying. The, the, and the yeah, car like, battery like, shock like, is annoying to them. And that's <laughs> what I was going to say when Bill brought up like, hey, they get the shit beaten out of them. But like they don't maintain any damage. Like Tom sure. Cruise in a movie will at least get the cut across the bridge of the nose. You or know, scuff. <laughs> yeah, the scuffed cheek, the cut across the bridge of the nose. And like. Vanessa Kirby's character has like shiners all over her face. Yeah. And Hobbs yeah. and Shaw get nothing. nothing. <laughs> I, don't 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 write off the makeup department that bad. Like they get they get little bruising underneath <laughs> some eyes. You get oh, some sunburn. <laughs> they, get some, some sunburn. <laughs> they get like blood that is not clear that it's theirs or where it's from on their faces. <laughs> They're in Hawaii. It was a tough shoot. They were. Hey, remember the time during the big Samoa climax after like the one actual Fast and Furious stunt that I kind of liked with the all the hooked up cars. Yeah, and after the helicopter crashes onto the clear like set that they used. Yes. Where suddenly there was like a torrential downpour and thunder and lightning. Yeah, yeah, and it's very clear like a studio backdrop, like someone built that the bottom of that waterfall. Yeah, that was great. And then they realize that if uh, one of them is distracting the other guy, they can sneak up behind him <laughs> and hit him. We've definitely gone into spoilers by this point. Yeah, well, oh, oh, fine. Bill, when the bird wins, when, 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 when the does the dog die dot com game begins, that's when you know spoilers have started. Oh, OK. Gotcha. Gotcha. Should we uh, also was... spoil Art of Racing in the Rain as well, since that was the <laughs> that was the, the pre podcast talk. Right. No, that's we don't have to talk gone. about it. <laughs> this is the art of punching in the rain. Yes. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. 
but not as good as the John Wick punching in the ring. No, not at all. Well, another person who yeah. like is sort of super, superhuman, but still when he gets hurt, you feel it. Yeah. Well, that's just because Keanu Reeves runs funny to begin with. So they just run with that. Right. They're just like, <laughs> oh, look. Like, with that. <laughs> yeah. Like they're like, they're like, oh, look, look how funny he runs. He's injured. And it's like, no, that's that's him healthy. Like, <laughs> don't, don't make fun of Keanu Reeves. That's rude. It's like him and Daniel Craig running side by side. Like, if you watch him running at Skyfall near the end, like, it's weird. It's weird. So this is really off topic, but I, I was looking at the DoesTheDogDie.com for The Art of Racing in the Rain, the book. <laughs> the book? They have it for books? There's what a question. The is there a finger toe mutilation? And there's a yes. Wow. <laughs> So look forward to seeing that in the movie. Oh, cool. So this this movie, though, like there was there was a moment at the end during the Battle of Samoa (laughs) where I was like, this is like the rock had to have like come to them and said, like, I really want to lean into this now. Like and he he brings it up a lot in this movie. Like, this is family. This is where we're from. I want my daughter to know. And it's interesting because I listened to the podcast Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood and they brought up that like I think it's in San Andreas he's got the most lily white daughter on earth. Yeah. And they're like, you know, it's it's weird cuz you can never tell like if he is trying to pass as Caucasian or just doesn't want to talk about it or deal with it. And so it's interesting to have this movie where he makes it like a forefront and like speaks the language and and dresses in what appears to be some sort of, you know, cultural garb. I don't even know what to call it in all honesty. And he shows off his tattoos and they're using the tribal weapons and like. But it kind of otherizes them in in a weird way too. Like I I feel, I don't know. I felt kind of weird about it. Like it, it felt like at once, like he was celebrating his culture, but also celebrating it through such specific things. I mean, I guess the, his brother doing the custom stuff goes a long way in being a rebuttal to that. But like, I don't know, between the tri- tribal weapons and the it, him speaking in the language and stuff, it just – I don't know. It, it felt pandery in the way that the rest of the movie felt pandering to me. Hmm. Um, to whom was the – so I, I'm just curious now. Sure. Cause no, please. What was the rest of the movie pandering to? Oh, <laughs> no, I, I just think that this – yeah, I think this movie wants so badly to be liked. I mean, we haven't mentioned Ryan Reynolds yet and uh, Kevin Hart. Like, they're we? just – we must. Because they're fucking we, we just haven't – yeah, we haven't done them by name. But yeah, like the movie screeches to a halt when they show up. Yeah. But, but I think it screeches to a halt repeatedly when it's just trying to play the lowest common denominator. When it – the jokes in this I think are so pandery. I think the way that this handles Vanessa Kirby, the way that it's like – it, it reads like fake progressive to me in the same way Captain Marvel did. But like Captain Marvel, like you know, they made her – very powerful at least like Vanessa Kirby like gets in a hit, but it's like, they always have to cut back to Hobbs and Shaw. Like every time she even starts to kick ass, she either gets taken and she fights back, but it's always qualified in a way that that part of the so pandery to me. Part of the problem with that is the fact that she is again, like in mission impossible Two, like the MacGuffin she's carrying 
the thing that they want in her blood. Yeah, they, she, they have to pull the weird sort of tightrope act of her being like, again, like the the woman character who ends up being a damsel in distress and also the MacGuffin. But and she they also want interests as well. And also the third action star. So they yeah, have to yeah. like they have to quali- like you said, they have to qualify like she gets captured several times throughout this movie, but at least she gets herself out. And there's like a weird calculus to be made about whether or not yes. that counts is like rebutting it you know i I see what you're saying right because she she's doing the i I love the name the mick jagger it's like you need someone to draw attention while the other people make the music happen yeah yeah it's so good and so yeah she she gets to kind of play that line there i think you know michael i i like you bringing up how terrible captain marvel was at this because it gave me the opportunity to remember that there is literally a fight scene where no doubt plays yeah. yeah. Um non-diegetically. Yeah. Apropos of nothing. So yeah. Aggravating. No, calculated may be a better a better term, honestly, yeah. than pandering, because I, I guess it's not a specific subset that it's pandering to. I just was feeling a, a con I just I could not shake how much this felt like a product to me in a right. way that almost no blockbuster we've talked about this year, other than um Oh, Lion King. <laughs> I was about to say every single <laughs> fucking Disney movie. Yeah, other than yeah. Lion King that we've that we particularly like. I didn't see Men in Black and what about there's, what about there's been a lot like Avengers? What about Captain Marvel? What about yeah, Spider Man? Everything about that is pandering. Like this feels, <laughs> I don't know. This feels pandering in a in a way that felt like there's just something so depressing to me about like the Game of Thrones and the credits joke. Which, by the way, that's like a shitty move to to spoil Game of Thrones for random people. Like, that's a shitty move. Look, at least but, they didn't say that, wow, I almost spoiled Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't. They didn't say continue, who ended up on the Iron Throne. No, I know. But like. Whoa, whoa, make, whoa. That there's an Iron Throne at all. That's a spoiler. Come on. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> I literally okay. hate that we're having a spoiler discourse, but well, anyways, what, what I was going to say, Michael, to your point is that this is a big, expensive movie that they need to make a lot of money. And we are living in a world now where we are correcting the ills of the past. And, you know, one of those things is the way that certain groups has been treated, have been treated across media. And yeah. I, I feel like when you Samoans talk about what you're talking about, then. What was that? Are Samoans what you're referring to when you're I'm talking about Samoans. I'm talking about women. I'm talking about like any marginalized group that has been poorly or underrepresented. Sure. And so we're, we're living in a time now where the desire to not be seen as problematic is going to cause movies like this to happen where we feel that kind of pandering artificiality. Right. Yeah. Cause you've got like, Oh, Vanessa Kirby's in here. She kicks ass. She's also the MacGuffin. She's also the romantic interest. She, but you know, we we see her getting her licks in and like getting hit because we can't have her be fragile, but we also can't have her be too strong. And it's this weird thing where like it's 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 difficult to get anything to feel real or dangerous because the studios, I think, are rightly concerned that they're going to do something that's going to get them blacklisted or 
Shout sure. it down. So, when yeah. when you have a production budget of two hundred million dollars, like you're trying to not offend anybody, right. right? Which means that the film ends up feeling like you're bowling with with the bumper lanes. Like, yeah, yeah, well, bowling without pins. That. In all honesty, <laughs> maybe. Sure. you don't want to sure. knock anything down. You don't want to cause a racket. Yeah, it's true. That being Everybody said. Wins. In the context of the Samoa stuff, I was fine with that level of pandering calculation because unlike like Vanessa Kirby characters where we have seen where we are making a lot of progress in terms of having, you know, to for lack of a better term, strong female characters and all that. It feels sure. like that kind of Pacific Islander culture, like outside of Moana, really, like doesn't right. get a lot of play. And right. so Especially I feel like having yeah. this, having that kind of, you know, sure, I'm sure there are a lot, there's a lot more complexity and a lot more vibrancy to Samoan culture than what's presented in Hobbes and Shaw. What? But having, no. but I know, right? What? But even, <laughs> but even having a final act where you get to see like that kind of war dance, I don't think it's quite a haka, but it's something else. And like the ceremonial clothes and the weapons and stuff is at least couching this kind of cultural education in like a big action movie that a lot of people are going to see. And so in that respect, I think it's a net positive. Yeah. I I I agree with that. I agree with that. I I agree with like the Samoa, like uh, the way that it's handled and, and more than likely the fact that it was actually shot on location and kind of takes, takes full advantage of that. Right. Like it's not just going to pander to just lip service. And part of that, I mean, granted part of that is because the action star, the co-lead of this film happens to be part Samoan. So, you know, you're going to have to do something because he's not going to bring his culture and make this such a big part of this film for the first time, kind of, as as any of his other films have ever done like he's kind of avoided this kind of stuff and this is the first time so definitely on this stage he's gonna be like no 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 we're we're gonna have to shoot there we're gonna have to like get some people involved like we're gonna have to cast Samoans like we can't just cast just anybody right um that's not gonna work and so yeah i mean he definitely goes that extra mile i imagine to making sure that they don't just play lip service to that right Right. and imagine the the most that we've gotten of his background previously in in like a a nationality ethnicity kind of way is when is it ludicrous who has him in his phone as samoan thor samoan (laughs) Samoan, yeah it's either samoan thor or samoan hulk or something like that yeah yeah (laughs) um but like going back to that point then like imagine like think about the level of stardom and notoriety and fame that dwayne johnson had to achieve in order to finally be like hey i want to represent some of my culture on screen you know what i mean like he had to get to this point to have the pull Right. I, even I think that. I think I think that's both reaching and may be true. I think I think he maybe had that ability to do it. And and this this comes into this whole kind of theorem of like, why don't such and such uh, minority people that are famous do more for their culture? Blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, but I think maybe he had that pull a little bit sooner than this but definitely like he he more than likely had a lot to say about them even going down this route and was like no we're gonna have to do x y and z like we can't right. just play, i mean pay. 
lip service to it. I mean, he was, he was, he was a big part of the promotion of Moana. I think that one of the reasons Mm -hmm. that like that movie even got made was the fact they were able to say, look, we can get Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Like, yeah, this is great. And he's going to, and he's going to put his fiercely energetic personal brand behind this movie. Yeah. And, and so I think that, and then, you know, from there it's like, all right, we, we got to find a way to, to slot this into your other films like skyscraper eh, San Andreas, maybe. But then it's like, Hey, we have this, this movie Hobbs and Shaw, whose one edict is cool shit in foreign places. What if we made your homeland the third act? (laughs) Sure. But first we got to go to Moscow and have a fight in yet another warehouse. First of all, they so they go to Moscow to meet up with the the hot deadly viper assassin squad, right? Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then they go to are we to assume that is Chernobyl? Yeah, I it was wondering like this. Chernobyl. I was like, this okay. is very topical. <laughs> yeah, right. It, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Jared Harris is somewhere logo. in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Each atom is a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> I live my life a quarter runkin at a time. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. No. Like I was looking. I was like, is that the coffin that they put over the reactor core? And like. <laughs> yeah. It definitely says they're yep, in the Ukraine. Yep, yep. I, was, this... I was waiting for them to say something about that because when they do the halo jump, at some point they keep their masks on as they're about to like do some more action bits once they get on the ground. And I was like, why do they have their masks on? They know that they're on the ground, right? And then... And then I was like, wait, are they going to tie this into kind of like the radiation? And so they're going to keep that. And then they just take their mask off. And I was like... Oh, okay, so that was nothing. That that's weird. <laughs> yeah. So so here's the thing. First of all, <clears throat> so that they do told- a halo jump, but it is, is not in any way right. an actual halo jump. They right? pull their shoots like two seconds before they land. Well, not only yeah. that, but like they're not jumping. Like high uh, halo is like high altitude something. Low, low open. Low yeah, open. Low- yeah, and so. You're supposed to be like up, up, up in the stratosphere. <laughs> like, yeah. then you jump that, out. We've seen it in in Fallout, which is also a movie also with Vanessa Godzilla. Kirby in it. Yeah, Godzilla. Yeah, um, which is a fantastic, perfect movie. Um, and <laughs> so this movie, though, they're like, we've got an F-18. There's going to be a guy flying it. You guys are going to be in the back. And then you just eject. Yeah, what? you can't do that either. <laughs> the design like, of that cockpit baffled me i was confused as like what what fighter jet is going to be big enough to have dwayne the rock johnson and jason statham sitting side by side side side. thank you but again it's like this is your halo jumpsuit but like you don't need that if you're at a level of a fighter jet that is just ejecting you and then what the fuck is that poor dude doing he's just gonna drive with the windows open (laughs) yeah i was wondering about that he reaches over he has a little gas mileage cranking the windows back up (laughs) his gas mileage must be terrible like oh my god the wind noise in that place now here's we, we we should wrap up soon but there are two questions that this movie openly poses and I don't believe it answers and we have to speculate a little bit. So the first is who do we believe is the the person behind the voice that is Edion? 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 
Etion. They say Etion. it like 20 times and I just couldn't remember. Etion. E-T-E-O-N, apparently. Yeah. And yeah, it's got to be Charlize Theron. I think that's probably true. Wait, isn't she dead? No. no she she, escaped, got, she, she got jumps out. out of that plane. Now, here's oh, the thing. so boring. Okay. No, no, no. So here's, here's my <laughs> in question. Order so that she can become a good guy in a future Fast and Furious movie, like all these villains do. That's why they had to kill Idris Elba. Like, no one could kill him. Etienne had to kill him. Yeah. Through, like, a mind-blasting chip or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, you know, wait, but, but can I just say something real quick, real quick about... I, I think the thing about part of why this w- didn't work so so much for me is, like... It's clear that like this is still very much in the same mold as the fast films, but like I think that there is a genuine like friendship and connection in those other films that's that's really missing here. And like when they bonded together, like uh, especially you know even in eight where like uh, Vin Diesel is on Shirley's throne side, you know to help and stuff. I don't know if I should spoil that movie. Whatever. Yeah, no, it's fine. They've they've had to watch these movies. Anyway, like. point point being though that like I I feel like there is such a strong like emotional bond in these in those movies, and this just felt like a series of like platitudes and in jokes and just like you know like star like a uh, persona. Uh, Characters. Right, the heart is missing a little bit, well, which but, is weird I mean, to say for these movies. Let's let's be fair. They've also had eight movies together. Most of that family, right? But the first movie though got me. <laughs> that yeah. first Fast and Furious. Like, okay, right, I, mean, I the think first, they the have first, the first one's a really good movie. Like, let's, there's whoa, a reason whoa, why that's not the breaks. Yeah, yeah I, I enjoy it. It's I a fine film. It. First one's fine. It's directed by a sexual predator. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Wait, it is. Who directed it? Rob Cohen, oh, yeah, his daughter, yeah, said something oh. on Twitter. Said something, yeah. yeah, not great, not great, Bob. No, not great. He Bob. also directed the other, uh, the worst installment. So the fourth he one, he also Too sucks. Fast? Yes, <laughs> the fourth one. Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. No, wait, no, Justin Lin did the fourth one. Yeah, that was the- Justin Lin doing it after Tokyo Drift. Justin Lin oh. did three through six. Okay, well. Four sucks, but that's okay. Yeah, (laughs) that was that was four was table setting for five. That's all it was. Yeah, Yeah, he did. um, Yeah, Fast and Furious. He did Triple X and Stealth. I think he directed Annapolis. Stealth is so bad. Stealth is very bad. Remember when we were trying to make Josh Lucas into a big action star? so upset about that um okay wait so here's the thing so clearly cypher as we all recall charlie's theron's character being named she could be a possibility for the the head of edion edion etion i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i am having so much trouble just pronouncing this name um here's the thing though did she spend when she calls out to the two men she only talks to Hobbs. She's like, hey, uh-huh. Hobbs, you don't recognize me, do you? This is going to be a hell of a reunion. She doesn't say anything to Deckard Shaw, who is a person that she also knows. 
Yeah. So I don't think it can be her, but you know who I think it can be? The big fat fucking question mark that was on that family tree we saw at the beginning of the movie. Oh. They uh, pointedly, she says, I have to do a family tree project. And I'm no. like, it's just going to be the two of them. And he's going to realize he has to take her to like meet her family. Also, do we know anything about her mom? And there's a question mark in a leaf. And I was like, oh, so they know that it's a mystery. And then they do that at the end. And she's only talking to Hobbs. And I was like, oh, shit. I was thinking that was just kind of that was meant to be like, I don't know, my grandmother. And that's like that closes that end at the uh, at the end. Hmm, maybe, I don't think so. Maybe. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Brian has it in his contract that he cannot lose. So I like I I can no, understand that, but like, no. well, here's the here's the first problem. Whenever you do a family tree as a legitimate tree, I am lost because <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense. I st- I just think that they were like, yeah, this girl only knows her dad and she's got a mom out there. And clearly, like, you know, she is aware of the fact that there must be a mom, but has heard nothing else about the rest of her family. I don't know. I feel like she was immaculately conceived by Dwayne Johnson. He flexed <laughs> too hard one day and she fell out of his bicep via budding. Uh, yes. I think I had this theory in the when I was talking about the eighth one with somebody. I don't know why. <laughs> but yeah I, that's what i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be Dwayne the rock johnson's you know hobbs's wife or ex-wife we don't even know if they've terminated the marriage yeah i don't know this is all just a big elaborate scheme to get the divorce papers signed <laughs> <laughs> you've been served motherfucker <laughs> What, what was the second question then See, brian oh that was oh, it i was gonna say do you think that we're ever gonna learn who the question mark is but clearly I, someone thought I, it was a grandmother. So. I do yeah. enjoy <laughs> I do enjoy their one use of the F word in this film. Because they say it at when, the same time. Yes. And I was like, that's fucking clever. Okay, cool. All right. I like that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So did wait, wait. So did ever did anyone else think that the question mark was a grandmother? I have no idea still what you're talking about, really. Well, because like, you were eating I, a I, fucking I saw, sandwich, wise. No, that's well, why. Like, I, <laughs> I saw what you were talking about, but I did not think about it that much. I was like, okay, and moving on. Because that was just meant to be like, I don't know my family. Yeah. And then so she should have like, had the- more leaves. I think if there's only one leaf, it is pointedly <laughs> saying, I don't know my mother. Maybe. Tweet at us. Let us know just what you Let us think. know, please. Is that a general question mark about her whole family or a specific question mark about her mother? Is her mother the leader of Edian or is it Charlize Theron? It's Gina Carano from the sixth one. Oh, that would be great. I love Gina Carano. I was going to say, is it a digitally revived Paul Walker? There you go. (laughs) Everyone is real upset with me right now. Yeah. Too soon? Too soon. I can't believe a Fast and Furious movie made me cry, you guys. (laughs) Was it? It was the one where he passed. It was, yeah. It was like that final scene. Like I'm like, this is so dumb. (laughs) 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 He's right. He's in a white car, and he's they're driving away from each other. That was that was that was quite. It's set for Paul. (laughs) And that fucking song. See you again. (laughs) Yes. 
He even has like the toast at the end, doesn't he? He and he's well, they're talking sitting about, on the like, beach, and they've got him like playing with his son. Mm-hmm. And then I think they they like digitally use like him from one of the other movies, like in the car, right? Yeah. Well, isn't it? Yeah, it's brother. I was about to say. Well, his brother's his on brother, the beach. I, I think like, that the person oh. driving the car is like they they digitally removed him from one movie and then inserted him into that one. I mean, so I kind of can... love that they sunsetted him. Honestly, I thought it was like so much more graceful than something like this could have been. Right, you'd yeah. think or like, like oh, well, they're gonna kill him or now. something. Yeah, yeah. But instead, they're like, no, he's got a family. He's got what? He has one kid and another on the way or something. Yeah. yeah, he got to kill. He got to go out killing Tony Ja. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> As, that's how you, we all want to go out. I did think yeah. it was funny though that in the next movie they're like, "So it's going to kill us all," and they're like, "Well, we legitimately can't call Paul because we told him we wouldn't." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, we can't bring him into this. He's out of it. He's out of it. Yeah, we promised him. Okay. <laughs> I kind of feel bad Cena? for Georgiana Brewster. Like they had to sort of sideline her for most of the movies, and then like they couldn't even bring her back. Yeah. What would be really funny is if she shows up in the rest of these movies and she's just like, oh, yeah, Paul's. We got like, divorced. No, no. Like, oh. Paul's with the kids. Like, oh, OK. Yeah. He's handling the kids. Paul like, was very what? happy to be a stay at home dad, but I can't yeah. get this life out of my blood. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's weird. I just looked it up and apparently she's in Fast and Furious 9. Oh, interesting. Huh. I mean, you know, this so is IMDb. John Cena, apparently. It, 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 it ah. could be flashbacks and stuff like that. You never it could be flashbacks. She could be like on the phone for a half second. I did enjoy the the brazen uh, Dwayne Johnson, Roman Reigns team up during the big fight at the end where it's like suddenly they focus on this other guy who's like having this like camaraderie with Dwayne Johnson in the big fist fight in Samoa. And it's like, are we supposed to know who that guy is? And then I saw the credits. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it had to be Roman Reigns, didn't it? Yep, yep, I, he has cancer was. too, doesn't he? Roman Reigns? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I, so. I believe he does, or he has not been wrestling for a while. This is what I heard from someone who knew. Oh, about yeah, wrestling. I guess. He, well, he's in remission, apparently. Thank God. Yes, you know, okay. Yeah. Remission then. Okay, but if still. You can't trust Michael no, wait, on wait, wait, the, uh, no. the flags yeah, of the American Revolution. I don't know if I want to trust him on wrestler's health. <sighs> I was going to say. <laughs> Any final thoughts on this movie before we wrap up? Um, no. Uh, well, if we if we if we ever see more Fast and Furious presents, what do you think they would focus on? I think we already said it's going to be the moms. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, the moms. Yes, I or like a period that... piece with the with like young Shaws, who, which by the way, Jason Statham and Vanessa Kirby being the same age when they're young is hilarious. <laughs> I was curious if I was supposed to be like, is he older than her as a child? But like, He's... it's one of those things where like. A kid could be 12 or 7, and we just don't know. Yeah. Not to bring in a car pun on this on this podcast about a Fast and Furious movie, but maybe Jason Statham's character just has a lot of city miles, city miles. on miles. <laughs> and Vanessa Kirby has a lot of smoky eye. Yeah. For real, though, her eye makeup in this movie is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to see a Fast and Furious presents that's just like what happened to Lucas Black after after aging twenty. I'm sorry, years. I think it, you mean Lucas Hedges. Yes, Lucas Hedges. <laughs> Recast him with uh, with Lucas Hedges um, mm-hmm. after because I love I love the weird time 
bubble strangeness of Tokyo Drift, and then suddenly we revisit that in Furious Seven, and that character has aged twenty years. He's put on like twenty pounds and just yeah. like <laughs> receding hairline and like really hairy forearms. Yeah, I'm still pissed that my dad moved us here two weeks ago from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out drifting takes a lot out of you. Oh no! Look, city miles are nothing compared to drifting miles. I took two weeks out of my shooting schedule for NCIS New Orleans for this. <laughs> Is he really on NCIS New Orleans? Along with Scott Bakula. You know, every now and then I find out that like one of those used to be a movie star people has like a show that's been going on for 20 seasons, and I'm just so happy for them. Right, get a steady paycheck doing one of those procedurals that old people will just watch day in and day out. Yeah, I'm just like, you know, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad for you, man. Like, that's that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, um, who's that? There was another, another one of the early Chris's was um Chris O'Donnell. Isn't he on like an NCIS or a he's CSI? On one of the, or like some sort of Criminal Minds spinoff, I think. Um, he has been in 240 episodes of NCIS Los Angeles. Wow's uh CCH Pounder is a regular at NCIS New Orleans. She she's gotta be one of the richest women on earth, right? Maybe. Um Lucas Black's character name on NCIS New Orleans is Christopher LaSalle. And uh Scott Bakula's oh name is God. Dwayne King Cassius Pride. That's Love it. it. We're done. <laughs> I'm just saying that 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 character you just said, Clint, that is a Nicholas Sparks character. LaSalle, yeah. like, absolutely. <laughs> oh, totally, totally. King Cassius also. <laughs> yeah, yes. definitely. All right. Um, so that's it, I believe, for today. Um, can, can I drop one more bombshell? Please do. The Sonic the Hedgehog cinematographer is the oh. same cinematographer that the Fast series has had since Fast Five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, does that shock anyone? No, but it's, you know, it it makes sense. We need a guy to lens this picture. It's about a fast hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go fast. He's fast go and he's fury. He's fury. I mean, furry. Wait a second, Jim. Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> he's fast and he's what <sighs> I love it uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, right, so in this. well he also did the first about. John Wick apparently I think no wait well because uh, Hobbs and Shaw this was a different cinematographer I think yeah this is Sella yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 no no Fast and Furious Hobbs also and Shaw was Max Payne yep love it Boy. Max Payne. That's a movie that I need to revisit because I keep wanting to say I actually yeah. enjoyed that, but I don't know if I did. You don't no. need to do that. It's okay. You <laughs> probably didn't. You probably didn't enjoy that. John Moore, <sighs> right? Yeah, that was John Moore. Behind Enemy Lines. Uh, and A Good Day to Die Hard. Oof. Oh, yeah. what a great movie that also ends up uh, filming in Russia as well. <laughs> yeah. Behind Enemy Lines, The Omen, Max Payne. Yeah, I remember thinking that John Moore was like a good workman visual stylist, and um, he has not made a movie since IT in 2016. With Pierce Brosnan? Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. Wow, congratulations um, on knowing that shot, shit for some Stella reason. He also shot The Midnight Meat Train. That's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. That that's early Cooper, movie. isn't it? Yeah, Bradley yeah. Cooper and Leslie Bibb. Like, weirdly, like, but yeah, it's Vinnie Jones on the poster. Splattery is how yeah, it's a, that's a fun movie. Yeah, I like that one. Let's get this over with. Yeah, Bill is yeah, so yeah. upset. I got ribs to eat. 
All right, sweet. Um, so yeah, that's it for today. Uh, we hope you all have enjoyed us talking about Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Give us your own thoughts. Let us know who you think that question mark is symbolizing on the family tree by tweeting at us at Film Stage Show, finding us on Facebook, The Film Stage Show. Of course, if you are a patron at patreon.com slash the film stage show, you can just shout at us on Slack. So do that. Um, other than that, don't forget to drop by movie.com slash film stage. That's M-U-B-I.com slash film stage for a free 30-day trial of movie. You can check out all of the great Errol Morris documentaries that are on there currently. Mia Henson loves Goodbye First Love. And of course, Season of the Devil, 2018 film from Love Diaz. And um, yeah, Eve's Bayou, again, by the director of Harriet. So that is all for today. Let us tell the fine people at home where we can be found between now and the next time. Michael, what are we talking about next time? I think we're talking about the nightingale. It's either that or the farewell. Or the kitchen. Or the kitchen, yeah. I, I was joking, but, you know, all those are options. <laughs> I Another think it's movie the nightingale, though. I, I will say the nightingale is going to be an interesting episode. It might be the first episode that's ever had multiple disclaimers attached to it that have we ever had any sound tough attached? oh yeah we have a few times i don't think so we had like yeah. sound issues we've had like shit gets real but then it gets better <laughs> that, okay not content disclaimers though like this has uh, disclaimers literally before screenings and things I, oh Clint, did yeah you, did you see this in a theater where you saw such a uh warning oh uh, no i i saw it on screeners okay yeah our screeners came with an email asking us to yes. do certain things. Yes. But yeah, give disclaimers. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure out how to work around that. Anyway, yeah. our next movie next week will have a definite article in front of it. <laughs> so look forward to that. Between now and then, let's tell the fine people at home where we can be found online. Let's start with you, Clint. Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Clint Worthing. And in terms of my writing, you can find me. I'm a senior writer at the Consequence of Sound and also editor in chief of a brand new film and TV outlet, The Spool, that Snydell uh, writes wonderful reviews for me for. <laughs> um, I also am the co-host of three different podcasts. I co-host uh, Nathan Rabin's Happy Cast with Nathan Rabin. And then there are two podcasts over at The Spool, our weekly interview podcast, More of a Comment, really, and our monthly TV podcast, Hall of Faces. You can find all of that at the spool.net i you love the name did, you guys just did spongebob really. right for how hollow faces yes and i can announce that because every month we do a different tv show and add like a, a great character from that into our sort of canon we're this this month we're going to do deep space nine and next month we're going to do friends <laughs> oh so good luck <laughs> could it be any more appropriate um <sighs> all right bill graham uh, you can find me on Twitter at CableBFG, where I'll be leading the charge, hashtag Justice for Samoa, because apparently this film was shot on Kauai and not actually Samoa. So fuck you, The Rock. It's <laughs> <laughs> a Pacific <laughs> Island. Shots fired. <clears throat> Asshole. Wow. Okay. Some heat being uh, thrown anyways, at The Rock. Yeah, that's that's... That's my life right now. You are dangerously <laughs> close to getting called a candy ass on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Michael Snydell. 
Uh, you could find me on Twitter at, at Snydell. Uh, I'm on Letterboxd. I do stuff on there. I also write for Quint Sites. I just wrote about uh, Piranhas, uh, an Italian crime film from the Gamora screenwriter. And uh, I might be writing my Art of Racing in the Rain. And then finally, oh, I'm no. going to be on a B-side talking about the one and only Pierce Brosnan. Oh, yeah. you can talk about IT. I, we did not really talk about the IT. The Matador. Oh. We talked about the time between Die Another Day and Mamma Mia. So the Matador. The Matador is in there, yeah. But the Matador is not really a B-side, though. That's like one of his A-cuts. Um... If you consider walking around in cowboy boots and underwear and a cut, yeah. I mean, how could I not? Um, anyway, I can be found like on Twitter. C-minus, but you know, <laughs> I can be found on Twitter at Brian J Rowan. Uh, that's my thing everywhere, really. So go on a social media site, look for Brian J Rowan, probably me. Uh, my writing can be found at my personal site, BrianJRowan.com, and of course, TheFilmStage.com, where you can find every episode of this podcast ever produced. Um, and that is it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us, and tune in next week. <laughs>